Well, glory to God. What a good God we serve. Well, praise the Lord. I want to uh, do something a little different here for a second. I want to uh, give a shout out there. Um, I'm assuming we're now on, right? We're, we're on? All right. I'd like to give a shout out there to uh, uh, Mountain View, California, which is a, uh, a city, of course, in, uh, down there close to San Francisco. And uh, we have uh, a couple thousand plus listening to our, our messages. Want to give a shout out to Portland because we got like 1,600, 1,700 in Portland listening in. Hmm? Pardon? That's podcasts, the podcast. And then plus we don't, we're not, the Vimeo's on top of that. We have, uh, sh- we'll put a shout out to our Redmond folks. Because there's, yeah, now listen, a couple thousand plus in Redmond. Now, I don't know why they're not here, but we're grateful that they're listening in. Praise God. Amen. So we, uh, we just want to kind of do that and put a shout out there, let you know that we're thankful for your, uh, your uh, you know, willingness to listen in and hear and be, be a support, be a partner with us. Praise the Lord. Amen. And all those, praise God. Uh, we got a whole bunch from the UK and Australia and Japan, and, and uh, it's pretty amazing uh, how many are out there. And... Uh, Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on now. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, um, I think what we were going to do this today, we've been working on a series of uh, talking about our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. Now, how many know you are who he says you are? Now, it doesn't matter what your, what your spouse thinks of you. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the neighbor thinks of you. Doesn't matter even, you know, what maybe even your kids think of you. Come on, somebody. Doesn't matter even what, uh, what your uh, employer thinks of you. What matters is what God thinks of you. And no matter what anybody else might th- say or think, what matters is what God says. Amen. That's your true identity. So what happened at the beginning of the year, the Spirit of actually before the year began, the Spirit of God uh, put it on my heart that we need to stir in the believers, amen, stir in them, amen, the, uh, where they come into a place of identifying, wait, this was his words, identifying with their true identity. So what we've been doing then is stirring on our Sunday mornings, talking about identity, amen. And so one of the key things about identity, uh, there's three things that you got to know, and it'll, it'll answer the majority of the questions that you have. It'll, it'll, it'll take care of the majority of the issues in your life just by knowing these three things. Who your God is, who your enemy is, and who you are. Amen. Because a lot of times we get the people get that stuff mixed up. I said a lot of times people get that stuff mixed up. They're blaming God for something that there's an enemy. They're pointing their finger at God when all along God's never been your problem. Come on now. You do have an enemy. And sometimes, we're, uh, sometimes we have a tendency to try to get God to do something that God says, I've already given you authority to take care of. See, and if we don't know who we are, then we might go along here waiting for God to do something that the whole time God has already placed in your authority, amen, given you dominion to take a stand, amen, instead of waiting, you know, God's already paid a price for things. But see, you got to believe who you are. And so we have, again, been dressing this for the last several weeks. A um, couple weeks back, we talked about, um, about ignorance, okay? Now, nobody wants to be called ignorant. Nobody does. But the word ignorance just means without knowledge. And, and the Lord says this, that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And he also said in Isaiah that my people are held captive by the enemy because of a lack of knowledge, okay? So what happens is, Uh, In fact, uh, Ephesians 4 brings the same thing, that you can operate as a believer no different than the world does, even though you have the greater one on the inside and all because of a thing called ignorance. We we don't operate 
in what the Bible calls uh, the life of God, amen, where we become a, a uh, non-participant of the life of God, even though you're called to it, even though it's available, but we, we become a non-participant, literally says an a, you're alienated or a non-participant of the life of God, all because of a lack of knowing. You're just, you're just ignorant or, or void of knowing what you need to know. So that's why we're doing and talking what we're talking. Because I want you to walk in what you, you're called to walk in. I want you to have what you're called to have. I want you to be what you're called to be. I want you to fulfill what you're called to fulfill. Thought I'd get a little more rise out of you than that. Can you agree with that though today? Yeah. Amen. So we talked about... Uh, how the enemy has a doorway through ignorance, and that's how a lot of times he controls people. What we thought, we, but we also talked about that a, the doorway of God is a thing called revelation, a revealing. And all that means is to pull the cover back, to show. And the more that you take this word and you put it in front of you, the more you give God an opportunity to pull back a cover and reveal things to you. Because the more that's revealed, amen, literally, if you walk in revelation, you, you tap a realm of possibility. Everybody say possibility, which means it's a realm where all things are possible. A lot of people are not tapping that realm of possibility just because they've never taken the time to get an insight or a revelation or see the way God sees. Can I hear a big amen? All right, so a lot of things being said there, praise the Lord. So this is just some things we talked about. Last week, we talked about um, identity theft and talked about how just through our own words, we can literally uh, lose our identity. We can let the, the enemy comes in and steals our true identity all because of our own words. Steals your purpose. Steals your potential. Because of words. And so we began to talk about that. So I think what we'll do here, uh, Karen, let's, um, I told you that whole thing's probably going to get flipped upside down there. But let's put Matthew 12 on, on there, please. Matthew 12. It's a verse, a chapter, pardon me, a text that we used last week. And I want to do is just do a brief summary of this thing because of what I have for you this week. Can I hear a big Amen. Now, I know sometimes we get, you know, maybe get tired of hearing it, but I ask for your, your witness for an amen from you just to make sure you stay connected. Because I believe there are things you're going to get a hold of here that will change your life forever. Are you still with me? Now, Jesus is talking in context here, talking to the Pharisees. Now, they're just running their mouth. They're trying to trip him up, saying things they got no business saying. Making, making weird statements and weird accusations, just trying to hang Jesus up. And Jesus made this statement to him. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Now you think, whoa, 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 what's that all about? Well, he says, for a tree is known by its fruit. And he's telling them, listen, he says, you say what you say because the tree's bad. And all the fruit coming out of you is bad because that's what you got in you. So he goes on, the next verse, in verse 34, he says, you brood of vipers. In other words, you bunch of snakes. Now, I'm not talking to you. He's talking to them, right? Look at your neighbor and say, Phew. How can you, being evil, speak good things? In other words, the tree's bad. Well, because the tree's bad, the fruit's bad. In other words, everything you're saying's bad. Okay, are you getting me? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, what he does there is he compares really the tree and fruit with the heart and words. All right? So, in other words, the tree's bad because the tree, the tree's bad because the, it's, it's about the heart. And it only bears certain fruit because that's what's in there. That's what that tree does. All right? And so, we, we took a lot of time last week just kind of, in fact, I meant to get through the whole thing last week, and we spent a lot of time just on this, which was fine. I think it was the God thing, uh, but we spent quite a bit of time just focusing on that. Proverbs says that the fruit is dependent on the root. 
Jesus said, all right, the tree or the heart determines what's coming out or the fruit. So in other words, amen, if you want good fruit coming out your mouth, you got to start changing the tree. In order to change the tree, you got to change the root system. Well, he tells you how to do that. You take this word and you begin to meditate in this word. You mutter this word, talk, think this word. Uh, you know, uh, pr- uh, pardon me, uh, uh, Joshua said that, uh, you know, when, when, when the Lord told him before he took the children of Israel into the promised land, he said, take this word and you talk this word, you meditate this word day and night. Why? Because it's going to begin to make your way prosperous and you're going to have good success because what you meditate on and what you talk is going to determine where you're going. Psalm says the same thing, Psalms 1 and Uh, You get down to like verse 3 and actually verse 2 and it says this. It says that that you've got to take the word and meditate that word day and night. Why? Because verse 3 says this. It says because it's going to be like a tree planted by the waters bearing good fruit in its season. Now the reason I said all that is because this. That you can't have a, you ain't going to change anything in here if you're not going to feed on what will change it. Again, I, about three, worth of, three Sundays worth right there, right there. Amen. Because you got to have the Word going in you. Because you can't go meditate on everything else out there and expect that your words are going to follow or, or, or speak right things. Still with me? You're going to have to put that Word in you. All right, so we talked a lot about last week about change the root system by what you feed it. Amen. Change the tree. Change the fruit. Or in other words, change the heart, change the words. Change the heart, change the words. Still with me? All right. We focused quite a bit on that last week. All right. And I just want to kind of bring a few folks up to speed on that uh, because there's probably going to be some things we're going to say uh, that's going to come up again. All right. So we're going to go to the book of Job, chapter 6. I think I already made a bunch of you nervous. But we're going to kick over a couple sacred cows with this. And, um, um, you know, if you, can, if, you can, uh, if you can get a revelation of who you are and you can see who God, you know, you can see what, what God's trying to show you. If you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, guess what? If you can see what the average person will never see, you can do what the average person will never do. You can fulfill what the average person will never fulfill. You can be what the average person will never be, just based on what you see, amen, and get a hold of, all right? So that's what we're trying to do with this, and that's why I think we're taking our time with this, trying to get it across so we can start seeing it, amen. And that's going to come up again before we're done here. All right, so the uh, book of Job, we're going to go to chapter 6, please, is where we're going to start. Uh, Job and chapter 6. Let me get to it. And what we have here, um, this is Job talking at the moment, okay? And it says, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand where I have erred, wherein I have erred. How forceful are right words. But what does your arguing prove? Do you intend to rebuke my words and the speeches of a desperate one, which are as wind? Okay, and then he goes on and starts talking about all the stuff he's dealing with. Now, in context, what has happened, um, Eliaphaz is, uh, and I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing his name totally accurate, but Eliaphaz. Now, what it is, we've got three guys for the most part, hanging out with Job here. Eliaphaz, uh, we have Bildad and Zophar. So uh, there you are. So maybe not names you're used to. But nevertheless, these are supposedly three friends who are with Job. And if you remember right, Job's going through a pretty big issue right now. Now, um, in uh, Eliaphaz is, is talking to Job. And basically telling Job, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, 
tell him, maybe this is your problem, or maybe this is what happened. He says, maybe this happened, and, and, uh, and, and then God's doing this to you because you did this, or because you did, you know, said this, or whatever. He's addressing uh, some things in Job's life. And uh, one of the things he's addressing in Job's life is his words. Because his words are warring against, against his life. And uh, now somebody says, well, uh, Eliaphaz and uh, whatever, what was the names again? Eliaphaz, uh, I don't know if we necessarily need to know these names, but it's worthy anyway. Eliaphaz, Zophar, and uh, Bildad, okay, get rebuked at the end of the book. And God actually talks to Eliaphaz himself and says, you're in trouble, Bubba. And he says, for what you've said about me. So in other words, Eliaphaz's perspective about God was off. That doesn't mean that everything he said was wrong. It just meant what he said about God was off. Are you still with me? Because Eliaphaz was addressing certain things that he saw in his friend that could possibly be the problem here. That maybe, you know, but his perspective was God was doing this to him because he was saying something wrong. Still with me? Now, let's put that verse uh, up again. Let's go back to uh, verse 24. So basically what it is, is he's addressing, this is Job. Now, you still with me? Yes. Listen, we're going to learn something today. Eliaphaz is addressing his words. Well, he was saying some things wrong. Uh, back in chapter 1, we see where Job is saying out his mouth, you know, I better, I better offer up some sacrifices because my kids may have sinned against God in their hearts. And it says he kept doing that. He did it continually. And the word later says, out of fear, he kept saying these things. So out of fear, come on, out of fear, he keeps assuming his kids are messing up. Somebody said, what's that have to do with Get a hold of this. So he's saying things, and it opened the door for the enemy. Now, some people teach that God did all this. I think you need to reread the book. Somebody says, well, God allowed it. No, Job allowed it. God didn't allow it. God just don't tell a lie. When the enemy approached him, which, by the way, he doesn't have that right anymore. But back then, before, uh, before Jesus paid a price, the enemy could go before God and accuse the brethren, make accusations. He's not allowed to do that anymore. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord, right? I said praise the Lord, right? So he's going to God and saying, you know, Job, he just does what he, he just, he just serves you because you put this big old massive hedge around him and protect him all the time. Because if you take that hedge down, he'd curse you to your face. God said, no, no, he's a righteous man. He said, well, you know, if you, you know, you take down that hedge, we might find out something. And this is what God said. The hedge's already down. There ain't no hedge there. There ain't no hedge. Why ain't there no hedge? Well, because of fear and because of words. So the protection is gone. Now, you still with me? Yeah. Hang on to all that. So let's go back to this text. Teach me. So he's, he's being, you know, he's being addressed by his friend, and he's, he's kind of upset with his friend because he's saying, you know, you know, I'm already... I'm already being beat down, and you're, you're kicking me while I'm down. Teach me, and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand where I've erred. Now, he knows this. He knows this principle. Verse 25, how forceful are right words. Okay, I get it. Our words are important. Eliaphaz, I know my words are important. I know I should guard what I say. But you're going to ride me? 
What does your arguing prove? Goes verse 26. You, do you intend to rebuke my words and the speeches of a desperate one, which are, which, which are as wind? And he goes on to talk even more. It just gets depressing. And the bottom line is we're not mocking Job and we're not mocking you. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor over the last 30 years where I've heard these same things. I know I'm supposed to guard my words. I know I shouldn't be saying that. I know words are important, but you just don't understand, preacher, what I'm going through right now. So what you're doing is trying to justify your words because of what you're going through. That's what Job's doing. Job's trying to justify his words. He's saying, get off my back. I know I'm saying things I shouldn't be saying, but if you were going through what I'm going through, you would say it too. Come on, somebody. Look at your name and say, we're going to learn something today. How many know just because you're going through something doesn't mean you have a right to say something you shouldn't be saying? Just because you feel a certain way, just because you feel like you're under something, I'm telling you right now, if you're under something and you're feeling something you shouldn't be feeling, it's a good time for you to get your words right. And when the preacher man's talking to you about your words, don't go giving some kind of excuse thinking you're justified to say what you want to say. If it don't line up with the book, stop talking it. God's your healer. God's your deliverer. You've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. You're the righteousness of God. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. Well, I don't feel like an overcomer. Tough. You are one. Somebody says, well, why are you in Job? Because Job, listen, do you know that the book of Job, most scholars believe that the book of Job's, the whole book was in less than nine-month period. Just, it was just, just a matter of months that this whole thing transpired. Now, you still with me? Okay. So Eliphaz is addressing some things in his life. Now, Eliphaz's perspective of God was off because he was telling, listen, God's doing this to you because of your words. No. He had to repent of that later. Come on, somebody. And God made it clear, for what you said about me is what you got to repent for. Because Eliphaz also says later in the book, says, you shall declare a thing and it shall be established for you so that light shall shine in all your ways. In other words, your life is dependent on your words. And what you're going to say and what you're going to talk is going to determine what you're gonna, where you're headed and what's going to manifest in your life. Now, let's go, let's go now. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to the last chapter of the book. Somebody goes, praise God. So now we're in the last chapter of the book. And what is, what is going on? In verse 1, it says, Job answered the Lord, because obviously the Lord was talking to him. And then he says some things, and what we have here is a repent, it's, it's Job repenting. Let me say Job's repenting. Okay, so let's uh, look at your neighbor and say, we're going to learn something. Hallelujah. I really want to jump into this thing with both feet. <laughs> all right, all right. So here it is. This is what's going on. The boys are all hanging around the fire, so to speak, okay, and they're talking, trying to figure out what's, what's all going on. Well, there's a guy, a young guy standing in the back, Elihu is his name. To me, he's one of my heroes. I would, I'll actually, I'm going I'm to look up Elihu when I get there, amen, because I'd like to meet the man. He's a young guy. Now, all the other guys are, you know, old fogies sitting around the fire uh, talking about uh, all their problems. And they're sitting around trying to figure out, you know, you know, why God did this, why God did that, all that kind of stuff. And, and Elihu is standing back. He's just a younger guy. We don't know his age. And all we know is he's younger than the rest. And he says, listen, I, I'm sorry. I'm tired of listening to this. He interrupts it. He says, I'm tired of listening to all this, okay? Because 
you're off here. Now, you're all, you're all older than me, and you all should be walking in more wisdom than me, but I, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding some wisdom right now in you. So here's the deal. He says, your perspective of God's off. You're all sitting here blaming God for it, and, and you're, your perspective's off. So we have about, we have about, it's like five, six, or seven chapters of Elihu saying what God is giving him to say. He has the counsel. Everybody say counsel. He has the counsel of God. And as soon as he gets done talking, God starts talking and addresses Job. And as soon as he gets done talking to Job, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but as soon as he gets done talking to Job, Job goes, whoops. I better get my head right, my heart right, and my mouth right. And he repents. So this is his repentance. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to learn something. Okay. So Job answered the Lord, and he says, I know that you can do everything. In other words, nothing's impossible for you. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. In other words, your purpose is what stands. It's what's true. All right? He said, you asked. Now, he's talking to God. God, you asked me, right? You asked, talking about him. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Now, he, so he's, he's going back. God had said something to him, and he, it's what, it started waking him up here. So uh, I didn't give him this verse, but if you, if you got your Bibles open, you go back to chapter 38 where God starts talking to Job, and he says this in verse 2, who is this who darkens counsel? That's how he words it, okay? Job said, uh, who is this who hides counsel, okay? God says, who darkens counsel? And listen, by words without knowledge. So if you go back to verse, are you still with me? I know it's kind of a teaching moment, but you got to get this. So Job says, okay, you've asked, you asked me, who is this who hides or darkens counsel without knowledge or without words of knowledge? You're asking me, who is this who's darkening or hiding or limiting the counsel with words Without knowledge. In other words, you're saying things and your saying is covering up my counsel to you. I'm trying to tell you where the problem is. And you keep spewing out your mouth that you're justified when you're not. Am I, am I sound too mean? Some of you are like. <laughs> See, he says, I've counseled you. And not only did, uh, you know, Eliphaz, even though he got some things wrong, he got some things right. And then we got uh, Eliahu who comes in here, and this boy has the word from God. And God says, you know, who are you to, to cover up my counsel with your stupid words? Your words without knowledge. You're spewing what you feel right now, and it overrides my counsel to you. God told you you're more than a conqueror, that you're forgiven, that you're redeemed. But you keep saying, well, I just got all these kind of problems. I ain't never going to get it. It seems like I, I don't know why I can't. God says you can do all things. Oh, I can't do anything. Remember last week we talked about Gideon? Remember that a little bit? It started right there, and Gideon had all these excuses. Praise the Lord, he didn't listen to him. God didn't listen to him. Because it doesn't matter your excuse. It doesn't matter how you're feeling right now. It doesn't matter how it looks right now. What matters is what he says. Because what he says overrides your feelings, overrides how it looks. We spew our identity out based on how we feel at the moment or how it looks at the moment. We're more moved by the bathroom mirror than we are the mirror of God's Word. 
And we say things that override what God's telling you. And we try to justify it. Well, I mean, I get all this. I understand, uh, you know, that we're supposed to guard our words. Yeah, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it are going to eat the fruit thereof. Jesus said it's not what goes in the mouth. It's what comes out your mouth that defiles you. Huh? Your own words condemn you. Your own words is what justify you. You've got to guard what you're saying. Because you're overriding my counsel. You're overriding what I say about you. You're letting what you feel at the moment dictate what I said about you. Okay, let's try it one more time. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Who is this who darkens counsel, minimizes what I'm trying to say here by these words without knowledge? In other words, you're obviously off. Now, this is what Job is now repeating to God, right? He says, you asked that of me, therefore I have uttered what I did not under." He, he got it. He goes, you're right. I'm saying things I got no business saying. I didn't know what was going on. And I just spoke out of my feelings. You asked, is this who, or pardon me, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I've uttered what I did not understand, the things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. The word wonderful literally means wondrous or things beyond us. Okay? So in other words, I'm saying things that I don't know. I, 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 I'm not hooking up to what you say. I'm hooking up to how I feel. And he's repenting for it. He recognized when God said, you're the one. Shutting it down. You're the one that's done this. You got to change it. He's he's recognizing, I have to change this. Let's go to verse 4. Listen, please. I love this. He's he's trying to repent. So, God, listen, uh, let let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. Uh, You say, what what was he talking about there? Well, you go back to chapter 38. And this time you go to the next verse. and, and, And God is saying this. Again, Karen, I'm sorry I didn't give you all these verses. Verse 3 says, now prepare yourself like a man. In other words, let's man up here. Job, I'm talking to you. Man up. Or woman up for you ladies too. Come on. Man up. I will question you and you shall answer me. So Job brings that up. And what is God questioning? Hey, we're... Were you there when I formed it all? Job, were you there when I measured out the earth? Was you there when I made the mountains and the seas? Was you there when I flung the stars into the space, into into orbit? Was you there when I put the planets in orbit and the stars into space? There we go. Was you there? What would be the answer? No. So I'm asking you, were you there? We know it happened. We know by Scripture it happened. But we weren't there. Genesis 1 makes it clear how he did it. He spoke it and it manifested. We see in Hebrews 11 and verse 3 that everything that is seen was made by the unseen. Everything. We know by 2 Corinthians that everything you see is subject to change. It's all temporary. Why? Because the same way you change it, it's the same way it was all made. And he said this, it's by words. And he says, were you there? The answer would be, we were not there. So why are you telling, saying something opposite of what I'm saying? You weren't there. Let's try this side over here. You weren't there. He designed it a certain way. He made it work a certain way. And you think how you feel right now overrides what God said? I'll try this side. They're not. Huh? Were you there? No, sir. You weren't there. So you're going to tell the one that designed it all that he don't know what he's talking about? Let me, let me say this again. He said... You're redeemed. 
He said, you're forgiven. He said, you're the healed. He said, amen, right, right? You're an overcomer. He said, you're the righteousness of God. Well, now, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you telling me that you know more than him? Are you telling me that somehow you have the inside scoop more than he does? That the one who designed it all, you're going to all of a sudden by your own words without knowledge. Is anybody hearing me? Am I boring you with all this? Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and, and you shall answer me. He said, I, I, I'm getting it, God. I get it. Verse 5, I have heard of, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, and now my eye sees you. In other words, I, I've heard, I, this is what he says. This is what he's saying. It's just kind of a fancy way of saying, I hear what you're saying, and now I'm seeing it. <laughs> Look at your name and say, now I'm seeing it. Because that's the key. you got to see it, okay? You can't just hear it because there's a lot of you. Listen, I'm not being condemning, all right? Because uh, you got to remember, I'm not just talking to the couple hundred in the room. I'm also talking, right? Come on, those watching and those listening, right? But listen, there's a lot of folk, and there are some of you in the room who say, well, I've heard that before. I've heard all that before. It doesn't matter how much of it you heard if you don't see it, if you don't get it. Because if you don't get it, you'll keep going and you keep saying stuff that overrides what God's already said about you. So it becomes literally like a thief. God's gave you an identity and you let the enemy sneak in and steal it because you want to be more moved by how you feel or more moved by how it looks. So what happened? All of a sudden, Job... Finally, chapter 42, he gets it. Right? Chapter 42, he finally sees it. Therefore, I abhor myself. I despise myself. In other words, I've realized it's me. I'm the problem. I repent in dust and ash. In other words, I, I recognize it was me. I am the problem here. Lord, forgive me. But repent also means to stop, turn, and go the other way. Somebody says, well, Pastor, you know, I keep blowing it. Well, you know, you keep talking about how much you keep blowing it. You keep talking your issue. You keep talking your circumstance. You keep talking your addiction. Keep talking your problem. And you wonder why your problem will go away. Because you still identify with it. Am I in the right house? Okay. And so we talk it. Remember, the word says, speak unto that mountain to be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea. It didn't say give guided mountain tours. We go around and we give guided mountain tours all the time. This is my mountain. This is my problem. You're supposed to speak to that mountain, tell it to go. And believe what God says. Well, I don't feel like an overcomer. Well, it's the best time for you to start saying you're an overcomer. And the more you meditate on that, and the more you talk that and mutter that and speak that, the more that changes the root system, changes the tree. In other words, it starts filling up the heart with the right thing, and out your mouth comes the right things. And this time it's coming out with faith. So what happens after this? Well, he repents. God deals with Eliphaz and the, and the other boys that were having the problem, that was, was speaking things. And we have from there on, we just have a few more verses left in the book, and all of a sudden, everything's getting restored, everything's doubled. And the scriptures are real clear. Job, uh, probably, uh, James 5 says this, Job, the ended intended by the Lord is what you focus on. Job was persevering. Job was, Job was a righteous man. He just had some things he had to get adjusted. There's a lot of good people going to heaven that still spew stuff out their mouth. They got no business saying. 
It is no different today than really than what it was for Job, other than the fact that we're in a new covenant, not the old covenant, right? Come on. But Jesus made a way. You are blood-bought, blood-washed, come on, based on what Christ did. So stop talking about stuff you're already redeemed from and forgiven of, and, and the blood's already covered that. You, you'd be amazed how life just begins to shift when you get your mouth in order. And, you, and don't come up to me anymore and, and tell me, well, Pastor, you just don't understand. I'm, I'm going to start calling you Job. Listen, I mean, like I said, today is no different than it was then as far as people are concerned and how they view things. They'd rather make an excuse for why they keep saying this. Well, you just don't know. No, I do know. And I do know this, that if you get your words right, that'll shift and change. It'll go away. Somebody said, oh, this is just way too easy. I know, right? Everything gets doubled, and uh, everything's restored, doubled. Amen. Job prays for his friends. Praise the Lord. And uh, isn't that how it's supposed to be? God said that's how it was intended. So how Job ended is how God intended, not the beginning of it. It's like people say, well, I'm going through a Job experience. Then change it. I'm going through my wilderness. Then change it. It just takes stop, turn, go the other way. Stop talking it. Well, if I don't talk this, nobody's going to know I got problems. No, honey, they already know you have problems. It's, it's no, don't worry. They, they're getting it already. Okay? They already know that. So you got to change. Amen. You got to change what you're feeding on so it, it goes through, makes that thing so it bears the fruit you want. Amen. And produces like you should. All right, let's look at this now. Um, okay, we got a few more minutes maybe. Um, uh, let's do Romans 10. Romans 10, please. Romans 10. All right, Romans 10. Are you still with me? Okay. Romans 10. We're going to go to verse, um, you know, just for sake of time, we'll go to verse 8, okay? <clears throat> but what does it say? Talking about uh, the righteousness of faith. It, has, it says a certain thing. It talks a certain way. In other words, somebody that's victorious talks a certain way. This is what, what, what they say. The word is near you. The what? The word. This right here. This, the word is near you. What? And where? In your mouth, and where? In your heart. Now, this is the word of faith which we preach. You know, he's ministering this. He's telling this is how it works. Okay? If you want your faith to accomplish something, then you've got to get this word near you. You've got to get it coming out your mouth. Amen. You've got to get it in your heart. Come on, right? If you're going to get to work. So then it says, verse 9, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised or has raised him from the dead, you will be what? Save The word save, sozo, S-O-Z-O, okay? Now, that's, that's what happened when you got born again, isn't it? How did you get born again? <clears throat> it's a trick question, okay? You, now listen, you got born again, amen, by, uh, I'm talking about the action when it happened, amen, the, okay? You went from being hell-bound to being heaven-bound. The greatest miracle that could ever happen to a human being happened by you believing something, and you confessing it. So verse 10, he talks about the principle. Okay? Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. In other words, right things, rightness, righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. It's actually the same root word, sozo. But this one's soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A, which just... It means total deliverance, 
health, wholeness, preservation, safety, protection, all that's mixed into that word soteria or sozo. It just depends on how it's used in a sentence. Okay, so you are saved, amen, by what you believed and what you said. He says the principle works all the way across the board. You want deliverance in any area of your life? How does it work? You get believing it and you get to talking it. The word confession, the word uh, homoslogia, okay, homoslogia, which means same word, okay? Uh, It's two words together. If you look it up in a concordance or, you know, a Bible dictionary, it's going to define it as covenant acknowledgement. In other words, you're talking your covenant, so he says, if you believe it in your heart and then you say the same word that he says, you tap a thing called total deliverance. So, um, I don't know if I gave you the, the, the reference. First uh, Timothy 6, verse uh, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold unto eternal life or the quality of life that you're called to, and having confessed the good con." Confession in the presence of many witnesses. That's the fight of faith. It's how it works. In the presence of many witnesses. Okay? And you think, well, what does that mean? Well, it just means this, that no matter where you're at and what you're doing, you still have to say the same word. Growing up, uh, my kids, uh, you know, we would we'd talk, no, you, you don't talk that way. This is what you say. This is what the word says. Oh, first it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's got to talk about what we got to say with our mouth. Oh, my God. This is what we talk. Ugh. Wah, 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 wah. This is what we talk. Well, I don't feel that way. This is what we talk. Well, it doesn't look like that. This is what we talk, and this is what we always talk. It doesn't matter who's around in the presence of many witnesses. A lot of folks are praying one thing and saying another, and then they wonder why it won't manifest. Listen, we're not mad with anybody. We're not down with anybody. It's just today, you know, enough with the excuses, right? Enough with trying to justify yourself. Just man up. Man up. Own it. You know what? I talk this stuff all the time. I shouldn't be talking it. You know, it's it's amazing. But you know, you'll believe your words before you'll believe his. When you go around saying you're just a dummy, don't know nothing, I'm just an idiot, you believe you. And God says, that's not who you are. I, I, think the, I think the scriptures, and I can bear witness with the scriptures, that the angels of God are standing there going, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? He keeps calling himself stupid. keeps calling himself an idiot. keeps calling himself, you know, a problem and an issue. And it's like they're, they're just standing there going, who's he, what, what's he saying? But what we've done is we've opened up the door then and we drop the hedge, so to speak, and allow the enemy in and we give him, we give him total access because your words are creative. Your words determine things. And so you, you say something other than your covenant and the enemy goes, great. See, we're to agree as touching anything. It doesn't say we're to agree concerning the word. Doesn't say that. It says, where two agree as touching anything, it shall be given. So you get an agreement with what they say. You get an agreement with what the enemy said. Instead of what God says, you got an agreement and now it manifests. Is there anybody coming back next week? <laughs> Let's not lose sight of what we're. We're talking about identity. And so here we are, the whole time, we've got great potential. At any time, we have access to a realm of possibility. Um, 
you know, I've said this many times, I'm bringing it up again, but what you have right here is, 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 a, is, a, is the Word of God, okay? And, and I could say the Word is living and powerful and sharper than it should. Amen, brother. Amen. And then you go out and you say something else. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, the Word is what's living and powerful and sharp. Oh, well, well I, I know that. I, amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well okay, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're you know, acknowledging it, but, but you're really not seeing it. See? You, 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 you're just kind of saying, yeah, I know that doctrine. Well, God isn't just trying to get you a bunch of doctrine. Nothing wrong with rock doctrine. You want good doctrine. Don't get me wrong. But God isn't just trying to get you all religious. He's trying to help you. These are principles at work. And you keep speaking words without knowledge that, that override and darken and, and, and blacken my counsel and the things I've said about you. And you keep overriding it with these words without knowledge. You say things. It's like it's not true. That's why James says your own words, and he's talking about an unrenewed mouth, a mouth that's out of control. He said, literally, your mouth is set ablaze of hell, and everything you say, it literally says you're setting ablaze your whole life. James 3. He says, the whole literally says it not only affects you physically, it affects the nature itself around you, all based on words you say. And then he goes on at the end of that, he says this. He says, you're lying against the truth. And some of you, see, they say, well, listen, I'm sick. And I'm just going to tell everybody I'm sick because that's what's true. I'm not going to lie. I'm sick as a dog. I feel like I'm dying, okay? No, you're lying against the truth. All you're stating is a fact. The fact is right now you are sick. The fact is you need healing. The fact is you're dealing with something. The fact is you might be under something right now. But the truth overrides a fact. Right, Rick? Right. I keep pointing at Rick. Rick's saying, why do I sit here every week and he gets in my face? See, we got, the fact is you are up, you got your back against the wall with something. But how do you change it? By not lying against the truth. So you don't say something contrary to what God said. So right now you're dealing with, with a health issue. So what do you do? You say, by his stripes, I was healed. What would you just do? Oh, I spoke what the covenant said. He bore my sickness and carried my disease. <coughs> he bore my sickness, carried my diseases. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgave all my iniquities. Healed all my diseases. Hallelujah. <sighs> by his stripes, I was healed. Hallelujah. He bore my sin, carried my sin. Hallelujah. I'll forget not all his benefits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the healer. Hallelujah. He's the deliverer. Wow, you just look so weird. Well, the angels are looking at you saying the same thing when you talk other stuff. They're looking at you. Dude. I'd rather look weird to you than him any day. I'd rather be, you know, have you look at me like you think I'm some liar than he am. I'd rather say what he said to say. And you know, the thing is, God will help you with the whole thing. Psalms uh, 141 and verse 3, I think I gave you that verse, you know. You know, put a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Put a watch over the, I remember this, when me and Trudy first heard this thing, we were, oh man, and I was really bad at it. <sighs> man, because I just, you know, you just say whatever's on your mind. I'm not sad. And then I found out, you know, God will help you with this. You know, put a guard, oh Lord, over my, put a watch over the doors of my lips. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, help me with this. And, and, and when I asked him to do that, guess what? He did. So it was like every third word I say, go up. 
Somebody says, well, that don't sound like fun. No, but life changed. Life shifted. So I learned the ministry of silence. <laughs> Until it started, amen, my heart started getting full. We're now coming out with words of faith, amen, hallelujah. Well, you know, I ain't never going to have, and, you know, guys always seem like I'm always broke, busted, and disgusted, and, and whoa, whoa. Do you know, do you know, man, this is, you know, Malachi 3, okay, talks about the tithe. You know, you've held back on the tithes and the offerings. So, if you, oh, I knew he's going to bring up money. Bless God, I tell you what. <laughs> listen, listen, read the book, okay? He says, listen, try me, try me in this. I, this won't happen for you, all right? But then he says, your words. <laughs> you say, your words are hanging you up. Your words are stout against me, he says. You'll go around saying, what's the point? Who cares? No big deal. What's the point? Why serve God? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? The whole time God says, well, I'm trying to walk you through this. You're talking about how you never have enough? Let's change that. I'll meet all your need according to my riches in glory. And according to your need, and according to your issue, and according to your paycheck. See, we, we get going, we, we don't even realize how many times our own words are hanging us up. You're right, Lord. I wasn't there when you designed it all. I wasn't there. So you're the one that designed it. You're the one. I mean, I mean isn't this good? It's good that God did, right? Because if we would have designed it, this planet would be bouncing off other planets. And, <laughs> right? I mean, we'd all been already zipped into the sun. <laughs> but God designed it, and it all seems to work. And, and the sun always seems to come up every morning. Well, we know it's just the rotation of the earth. But, but every morning we see the sun in the east going down at night in the west. And, it just, and, every, and this planet keeps turning. And the mountains are beautiful. And the streams and, the, and, 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 and we can go on and on. We can, we can, we can look at that little, that little, little one we brought into the earth. And we go, wow, that's so amazing. Look what God did. You can look at the, the little pet coming in the thing and be all excited. Look at that little cute thing. Isn't that, uh, you can look in the mirror and look at your eyeball and go, whoa, look what God did. You got all these kind of things that we could bring up and talk about that we all go, amen, brother. God did good work. Well, except for me. <laughs> I, 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 just, I got issues. And I'm a loser going somewhere to happen. And I'm just a train wreck. Come on, hold it. Remember, the God that made it all made you and said things about you. And your words ain't lining up with that. You know, it even says that you're predestined. You have a destiny. My thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not to give you a future. Well, sounds wonderful. Doctrinally, that's good. No, it's real. It's not just some kind of thing that when the preacher quotes it, you go, amen, brother. It's not just for that. It's about, that's true. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me a future, to give me a, an expectation, a hope. Right? See, words build hope because words are pictures. And hope is a pic. And what it is, words is what forms that picture. And what we do is we keep cutting it up with because of how we feel at the moment or how somehow it looks. So we get in agreement with how it looks at the moment when all along he said, no, listen, everything you see in the natural right now, everything around you is temporary. Literally, it can all be changed. So don't be talking. See, I, what is it? One brother said it this way. He says, the word says you can have what you say, but we've been saying what we have. 
We keep just talking what we have, and that never goes away. It just keeps, it keeps happening. And I can't, why doesn't this problem go away? Because you keep talking what you have instead of what, you know, instead of speaking unto that mountain, tell it to be around moved, or, or to call those things that be not as though they are. Use your words. you got purpose. Use those words. You get something today? Sure, Trudy. Come on up here, girl. Sometimes, sometimes people have difficulty saying the word when they don't feel the word or aren't believing the word. Okay? Because, you know, once you believe it, you don't have to concentrate on the words coming out your mouth. They just come out. Mm-hmm. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And years ago, I struggled with this, and the Spirit of the Lord gave me just a little thing. He said, words are always creative, mm-hmm. but sometimes your word have different purpose. Mm-hmm. And one purpose is to change a circumstance, and another, but another purpose is to change your heart. Mm-hmm. And so if you will just speak the word, sometimes it's changing circumstance, But sometimes the reason you have to speak the word is to change your own heart. Mm -hmm. It's a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. So when you're feeling like nobody cares or nobody loves me, and you have to speak, I am accepted in the beloved. So while you're changing circumstance and things in the hearts of other people are changing, you're changing your heart Mm -hmm. that I am accepted. And if I say it often enough, pretty soon I start believing it. So then when um, something happens to seem rejection from somebody else, that's not what's in my heart. You can tell me I'm ugly, horrible, and you never want to be around me. That doesn't change the fact I'm accepted. Okay? So sometimes you have to say words with the understanding excuse me, the understanding that the purpose of the words you're saying is to change your own heart. That you're changing your heart to say the words that God says. Because once you change your heart, you don't have to methodically think of what to say anymore. It just comes out of you. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is your purpose in what you're saying? Because regardless of what your purpose is, it has to be what he's saying. Yeah, Mo, that's right. Regardless. Amen. 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 Thank you, Trudy. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. One last verse, Karen, if you'd put it up for me. I'm sorry. Put Psalms 50 and verse 23, and why don't you all stand up? Somebody said, praise the Lord. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. How I many know praising God is just good doctrine? <laughs> right? If you don't know how to do it, start praising God. All right. But to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Now, the New King James says orders his conduct. The, new, the Old King James says orders his conversation. All right? Now, the reason that it, it, it says it the way it does is because the word conduct means a course of life or mode of action because of conversation or by conversation. In other words, your whole life changes, your whole conduct. Everything starts shifting and change because you made a decision to start ordering your conversation. Amen. So you start, you start determining, I'm going to say the right things. I don't feel it right now. It's hard for me to even wrap my head around it. But God said to say it, so I'm going to say it. And you start doing it, and everything begins to shift. It starts changing everything around here. And as Trudy said, it starts changing things in here. And little by little, praise God, it ain't something you, you feel like you're trying to drum up. But all of a sudden, man, this thing takes hold and life begins to shift and change. The majority of things in our own personal lives, and I'm just saying out of my own uh, life and Trudy's and our family, the majority of things shifted and changed in our lives mainly because of this principle. Get your words right. And... Uh, Things began to shift. Nothing in the natural seemed to change at first, but all of a sudden, 
things began to take hold. Like, and I believe it's just like Job said. He says, not only am I hearing it now, I'm seeing it. And all of a sudden, it was done. It was done. From that moment, it was done. That thing with Job was over with. Everything turned. We have just a few more verses after that. And it said, everything came back. Everything turned around. This, they have that. He's got double this, double that, double this. All of it because, what? He not only heard it, amen, he saw it. Amen. So, that's what we do. So, you just do it. And, you know, every, everything we, in that word that came alive in us is you, you sit there and you talk it and you meditate it and you think it. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, one day, the lights come on and it's like, you got it. And all of a sudden, it's, it's just producing because that's what it says it do. Did you get something today? God's good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Father, we give you praise and glory for these principles here today. Father, first and foremost, forgive us. For all that stuff we've been saying out of our mouth that we have no business saying. And boy, I'm grateful, Lord, that you're faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all that mess. We receive it right now. Hallelujah. We, we repent of maybe saying those things that we shouldn't be saying. We're going we're gonna to talk your words and not how we feel or how it looks at the moment. So we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful and just to forgive us. We receive that. But, Lord, we purpose in our hearts now to say what you said to say. To say who we are based on what you say. To see ourselves as you see us, no matter our feelings. And we give thanks and we give honor for it. Thank you, Lord, that we are forgiven. We are redeemed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We, we are the overcomer and the conqueror. We are, praise God, hallelujah, redeemed, hallelujah, by the blood of the Lamb based on what Christ has done. That we are who you say we are and we can do what you say we can do. We are victorious, and we are triumphant. And for that, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.